Welcome to the Unleashed Podcast. If you're looking for a no BS approach to building a successful business, then this show's for you. I'm your host, Christina Sholin, sharing an unleashed, real straight talk approach to life and business. So buckle up, put on your big girl panties, and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Unleashed Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Sholand. I appreciate you taking the time to listen in today. And today I'm excited to bring to you two very special people who have given me some extra confidence in uh, some areas of my life. And I know that I had spoke on a podcast a while back, and many of you had some questions about where I got my knowledge from. And we're talking about guns and the importance of gun safety, the importance of knowing exactly how to handle your weapon. And we're going to, Curtis will probably be talking about some laws, especially those in Washington state. I've got Kelsey here and Kelsey's going to talk about women in guns. And with no further ado, the founders of Adventure Protection is Curtis Bingham and his daughter, Kelsey Bingham. Thank you guys for joining us today and sharing your wisdom. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you very much. So Curtis, we're going to start with you because when I met you, I I know that we had gone back and forth on Facebook a little bit for quite some time. And I had a couple of pistols that I had, but I had never used them before. And I wanted to, being a single mom and at home and got two little girls to protect, and the world is crazy right now, I will tell you this, that I had not used those at all, didn't know what, like the first thing about it. And when I took my course with Curtis, the day that I came home was when the rioting started happening about seven minutes from my house. And I will tell you, I want to say this, and I know that I've told you this before, Curtis. I felt so, I'm not going to say relieved because relieved is a, is a, not the right word, but I felt very confident in the fact that if somebody were to come into my neighborhood, into my home, I felt confident enough just after the one day with you and Caton, which is Curtis's son, I felt confident enough to be able to protect myself. So share your background and what made you decide to go the direction that you did with adventure protection. You know, it's a, it's a really interesting story. A lot of people come and ask us, hey, so were you in the military? No. Were you in the police? No. <laughs> we we have an interesting background as to as to how we got started in this. So I grew up around firearms, and it was uh, it was something that I had gone out with my dad, with my grandpa, and uh, whatnot. Becky had, uh, who's one of our instructors, and Otten, uh, and also my my wife. She had grown up on a ranch where um, the firearm was a tool. It was something that was used regularly because out on the ranch there were varmints, there were snakes, there were rats, and and other. Uh, other animals that needed to be taken care of. And so they used it as a tool. They used firearms as a tool, just like you would a shovel or a rake or an axe or a pick or a horse or a lasso or anything like that. So we, we both grew up around firearms and had a healthy understanding of how to use them, how to be safe with them, how to uh, treat them. We found that as we, as we advanced that 
you know, the shooting sports have typically traditionally been a men's a men's only sport. And uh, and, and it was very hard for women to get into the sport. Women were excluded. They didn't know the lingo. They didn't have the skills. But yet it's not rocket science. It, in fact, we have lots of women who are rocket science and who are fighter pilots and so on. And what we what what we found was that the guys, they grew up with dad or grandpa taking them out to the range and helping them become familiar. But the girls stereotypically didn't have that opportunity. And so we wanted to give women a chance to learn some of those skills in a very safe and secure place where there was no judgment. There was no expectation that you should already be an expert before you come to this class. The decision to do so was cemented one time when um, when Becky was in a class, in an NRA instructor's class that uh, that we had gone to. And she, in participation in the class, her ideas and suggestions and commentaries were ignored. And then somebody right next to them, another younger gentleman, would say the same thing 10 minutes later and be applauded for, oh, that's a brilliant insight. And Becky's like, wait, wait, what's this? What, what's going on here? And then they went out to the range and she had three old dudes behind her who were looking over her shoulder, keeping her safe. You know, they were range safety officers. They were looking over her shoulder as though she was uh, as though she didn't belong there. While there is a self-professed novice shooter three bays down who had no supervision whatsoever. And then she went and proceeded to drill out a ragged hole through the bullseye. I mean, just 20 shots right through the black of the bullseye. And they looked at that and said, oh, oh, okay, you can shoot. You can, you belong here. And, and Becky was like, what the hell? That's not right. right. And so she said, we're doing this. We are absolutely going to create a space where women can come without the expectations that they already be extraordinarily competent before they even walk onto the range. And so we've always been about women pushing through boundaries and women pushing through these ceilings and these artificial limitations that are placed on them. And, you know, Kelsey started that with working in the Boy Scouts and, you know, challenging the no girls allowed uh, policies in, in Boy Scouts and, and went on to do some pretty fantastic things in venturing crew and taking on leadership at summer camps and so on like that. But we started this because we really wanted women to have an opportunity to learn these skills and learn how to develop the competence that leads to overwhelming confidence in their ability to protect themselves, protect their lives, protect the lives of their, of their loved ones, their family, their children, their spouses, their family members in whatever fashion. But to be able to have this confidence that they need in order to protect themselves because they have the skills and the abilities that they've worked on and developed and become proficient. Awesome. So now, Kelsey, you're okay. I'm not going to ask you how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> She's a millennial. Yeah. She's a millennial. Smack dab in the middle. <laughs> so now, at what age did you start learning how to handle guns? I was probably 11, 12. Somewhere in there, my first kind of official introduction, because we lived on the East Coast in a, a very non-gun friendly area. We were in Massachusetts and they're a little stricter here. Oh, so then you moved to Washington. <laughs> right. Yes. We thought it was going to be a great move. <laughs> so yeah, my first official introduction was shotguns when I was 11 or 12. And then it just kind of, I shot off and on with my dad since then, and then really got into it kind of when we moved out this way. But I've been around guns off and on since I was very young. So what do you think is the most important part 
And we'll even gear this one towards women. What is the most important part of, and I don't want to call it gun safety. Mm. I want to call it protection. What do you feel is the most important part of learning how to protect yourself with weapons for women? Because I know that there are women and I, how do I say this? So when I first came to you, Curtis, I was like, okay, so I've got these guns. I don't even like, it is scary because you know what guns can do. You know that the guns don't do it themselves. They don't pull their own trigger. But that is a common misconception. It is. And that's what that, I guess that is the message that I want you, I want to hear from you is what do you think is the first part of getting past that fear so that you can have that confidence and that fluent usability with a weapon? I think it comes down to education, which is kind of a broad subject, broad term. But what we've seen, you know, for my own self, my own uh, skills, as I've been introduced to new guns, as I've been teaching these classes, as I've seen all of the women that have come through our classes, really the biggest fundamental is education about how the gun works and what will make it fire, what won't make it fire, how to load and unload safely. And that foundation of the safety rules of we talk about layers and layers of safety and building up layers so that if Because we're human, if something happens and we miss a layer of safety, you've got four more stacked behind to keep everybody safe. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the combination of knowing how your gun works, how to operate it, and that safety foundation makes it so that the gun itself is not this mysterious, scary thing that will go off on its own. And once you can get that down, then you can start getting better with your own skills. You can start getting introduced to some of the fun competition type things. And it is really a fun hobby and sport, but knowing how your gun works and the safety rules is really the big thing. Yeah. I know that when I first took my first course with Curtis, it was, it was very empowering. Mm -hmm. And I know that, and when I took the, so for those of you who are listening, there's a basic pistol course that I took and then there was a the next level, I guess you would home say, is, is the home, home defense. defense. And when one thing that was really that hit hard for me was hearing the differences in situations where somebody has, there was a woman who had a gun and a woman who did not have a gun. These I, were 911 calls, right? Yes. Yeah. To me, I was like, Oh my gosh, it gave me goosebumps. And it also gave me that sense of empowerment that knowing that I refuse to be the one stuck without a way out, Mm -hmm. without some sort of defense. So that to me, I, I just was so appreciative of that. And so Curtis, I want you to share Sure, a couple of those instances, or even just one, is powerful enough. And that part of home defense and how somebody can, and then maybe go into some situational awareness mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's there's a lot of different stories of, of women who are caught in their homes in a during a home invasion, and they can be really scary. There's no question about it. You know, there are some examples that um, that are, that have been found. You know, a lot of people think that it is just it's something that happens somewhere else. 
you know, certainly not around me. We had one woman who was our hero. She was in a scenario here that um, she, she heard banging on the door. She heard the, she heard the door burst open and some people rushing up the stairs and they, bur- they burst in on her and her husband who were lying in bed watching TV. They uh, beat them and hurt them and, and drug her by her hair and got them all into the same room and said, where's the drugs? Where's the meth? Where's the money? That was less than a mile from my house. Do you know that? I did right not know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and they were terrified. They were petrified. And eventually the intruders left and didn't cause any more lasting harm than they did. But she was just petrified during this whole experience. And, and then she, she uh, looked us up and uh, w- was able to come to our class. And, you know, it was really a difficult challenge for her because she had been through this traumatic experience. And so we, we walked her through. We took her one-on-one and just said, we've got you. We, we, we have you covered. We'll walk through this one-on-one with you and help you get over your fear. And to her credit, she absolutely did. She faced her fears and, uh, and, and it took her a, a while to do it. But she said, oh my God, this is fun. Once she got over her fears and started shooting, she was like, this is so much fun. I feel guilty for having so much fun with this. <laughs> I feel like this should be much more traumatic than it is. And so eventually she got her, she got training and, and, um, you know, got her own firearm and she just said, you know what, I will never be a victim again. So she's, uh, she's one of our heroes. We absolutely love her for the courage that she showed. You know, we, we, these, these experiences here where people are breaking into their homes, they're hiding behind the, um, you know, they have one person, one, one woman who looks very nice, very well dressed up that is in front of the, of the uh, peephole camera where they've, and they've got two other people that are hiding behind the door or hiding around the corner or something like that, waiting for you to open up your door, trying to help a well-dressed woman that's on your doorstep. And then once they op- once you open up the door, they, they try to push through and they've got spray paint. They're trying to blind you or, or even firearms where they're trying to get in and, and rob and steal. And so if you look at um, some of the stats around here, there's some huge increase. I mean, just astronomical increase in violent crimes during the pandemic. The FBI showed that uh, murder and homicide is is up 15%. There's a 53% jump in homicides in 27 major U.S. cities around the U.S. You know, aggravated assault is up 14%. And uh, burglaries are up 87% in Seattle. And so it's just, uh, it, it's just astronomical. Arson is up 20%, especially in some of the bigger cities. And, you know, some of these cities that have voted to, uh, to defund the police, you know, Milwaukee is the perfect example. Homicides are up 37%. They're, they're breaking the all-time record. They have already broken the all-time record from 1991, and we still got, uh, still got uh, another month to go in our, in our year. You know, homicides in New York City were falling pretty precipitously, but now those are up, those are up 23%. So during the pandemic, you know, things in some areas, crime has been rising. In some areas, it's been decreasing up until now. But as part of the pandemic, the uh, things are, like you said earlier, Christina, things are just totally upside down. Things are super crazy right now. And so things are happening around us. There's been some really um, notable break-ins here just locally in the, uh, in the towns that we live, where it's been kind of Sleepy Valley, USA up until now. You know, a lot of home invasions where people um, people are are breaking in while people are home. They, you know, they, it's almost as though they don't care that you cannot you can kind of understand a robbery or or just a break in, but a robbery when somebody is actually home is pretty bold. And those are happening more and more frequently. And so, 
I think that now more than ever, I, I think that it's super valuable for people to be very comfortable with the use of firearms here in order to protect themselves, protect themselves from people who, who don't seem to care about any consequences. Right. Yeah. Well, the situation that I told you about just before we started recording this, where the guy had come from my parents' backyard mm-hmm. and up to their side entry door, that was at 4.30 in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon, just yeah. in like that, just past dusk, not quite all the way dark. Unbelievable. And it, the video of it is really creepy because, I mean, you can't even, oh, yeah. I was like, you need to know how to use something. Yeah. Because they were getting ready to go out in the backyard to barbecue. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, that's amazing. So, you know, and right there, that can lead right into the situational awareness knowing what's going on around you at all times. Now, there are going to be some people who, and I don't have my concealed carry permit yet. And I know that right now is a really hard time to get your permits in several cities and states across the country because of the pandemic. But, you know, there I know that there are other ways that, you know, you can defend yourself, whether I know that okay, I got this really cool little device called Tiger Lady. Have you heard of it? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. It's sort of like a really badass. It's sort of a like brass knuckles in a way, but oh, yeah. you <laughs> squeeze it and these claws come out and there's like a divoted, almost like a, there's this little area that it collects DNA. So oh. if you're running, you have one in each hand and you scratch somebody, it's not even a scratch. You gouge somebody <laughs> and, but There are other ways, even outside of carrying a firearm, that you can Mm -hmm. protect yourself. But I want to talk about situational awareness before we go as well, because I think that there are so many people who do not, especially now, everybody's on their devices. Mm -hmm. They leave a Mm -hmm. store and they're on their device and they're not like my kids know that I'm pivoting all the time. I'm watching everything and everybody, and I make eye contact with everyone mm-hmm. in a parking lot or in a store or anything. So if you could talk about situational, in fact, Kelsey, I want you to talk about that because you guys had shared the story of you and your mom coming home and there was a driver at your house, yeah. but you did not know what was going on. Yeah. So this actually happened a couple of weeks ago and it was it ended up being a newer driver for Amazon. This was his first couple of days on the job. He was struggling to, I know it was, it ended up being like, poor guy, like, I'm sorry, I hope your night t- gets better. But, you know, it was just odd. It was a new car in the neighborhood and he got out and he was like coming up towards us and was talking about, it was a little jumbled talking about this package. Is this, is this your house number? What are the names of people that live here? I've got a package for you. And so you know, the two of us were very calm and, and gave the bare minimum information and just kind of stood there while he rummaged around. And, and it was an interesting thing where we both had been concealed carrying because that's what we are doing. And we were ready, but we were just kind of scoping things out and making sure that everything was okay. Because we firmly believe that, like you kind of talked about, the gun is the last resort. I would be so happy if I went through my whole life and I never had to use my gun 
outside of the range shooting paper. But it's there if if you need it. And so it ended up being fine. He wor- It worked out. He was able to find his package. But it was just kind of a surreal experience to be like, yeah, we're ready. Should yeah. something happen? Yep. But to your point with situational awareness, it's really important to kind of make the decision that you're going to be responsible in a more clear way for your own safety. And then to figure out what that means for you. So, you know, we share a fair number of self-defense situational awareness type things in our class. But doing stuff like you're talking about where you're not on your device when you're out in public and you're you're making sure that you're aware of your surroundings, you know, in the parking lot, you're making sure that you're making eye contact, like you said, and you're looking for people who are standing around and watching the parking lot without any kind of reason to. And so you're looking for stuff out of the ordinary and, you know, you can, the changing habits so that doors are always locked and you're always, you can make it so that you have an escape route and figure out what that means, whether you're in the car, whether you're in the restaurant, whether you're at home, figuring out what your exits look like so that if you can, you can get out of the situation before you ever have to draw your gun. So a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. So I think yeah. if, if I could add, add just a little yeah. bit more onto that, like Kelsey said, the firearm is absolutely the last resort. If you back up from the firearm, then there's pepper spray, there's, there's tasers, stun devices, and such as that, that in many states are legal to carry without any kind of extra, extra licensure or anything like that. And here in Washington, you can carry it even down to age 14 with parental permission. And so, uh, so those are very good defense here if somebody comes t- gets too close to you and you feel like you're, you're being threatened, but your life is not in danger or you're not in danger of serious harm or bodily injury that would allow you to draw a firearm in self-defense. But like you were talking about earlier, this notion of situational awareness here, the whole idea is to never get yourself, never allow yourself to be in a position where your life is in danger. And, and just by changing a lot of the habits that you have, like, like Kelsey was talking about, can help you tremendously in making sure that you are never in a position where you are surprised, where you're in danger and somebody is too close. Somebody was within 20, 25 feet of you and it has cut off an escape route. And so, you know, one of the things we talk about in, in some of our classes is, is to change your thinking. Instead of thinking, I'm safe, think about where would a predator hide? You know, if I was a predator, if I was looking for somebody, looking for an easy victim, what would I be looking for? Where would I be hiding? What would I be, where would I be waiting for them to happen by? If you go a little bit on the offense here, and where would a predator hide? That gives you a very different perspective on your own safety. It makes it so that you can start being being more careful about where, where you go, what you do, and, and, and where, you, where you go. And we talk about in the parking lot. You know, we think about being nice and polite by walking along the side of the um, of the aisles in the in the parking lot, right next to the cars. But if I, if I were a predator, if I were looking for some, somebody to attack, I would be hiding right behind, right beside a car, hunkered down, right beside a car, waiting for them to, them to come back in the back of the parking lot in the darker darker area. And so, if we walk in the center of the parking lot, then then we see some, we can see somebody coming long before they become an issue. And so. There's some things that we can do that'll make us a lot more safe. You know, take out the earbuds, take out, don't text while you're pumping gas, lock the cars, lock the car doors before you, as at the moment that you get out of the car, take your purse with you, sling it over crossbody and so that it's with you, lock the car doors so that somebody can't jump into your car on the passenger side while you're focusing on the gas pump 
and steal your purse out of the passenger side of the car. There's an awful lot of things that you can do to be more aware and make yourself a much harder target to take advantage of than you normally would be. And we can, there's other examples that we can talk about if you're, if you're interested. Well, actually, I know that I shared it with you guys when we were at the home defense class, but I have been like that when I go into restaurant, obviously not now because you don't really go <laughs> into goes. restaurants anymore. <laughs> Back in the day when we used to be able to go into a restaurant, I always sit where I can see the door and I like I have I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. fact, do you want to know why I've always been like that? When I was 18 years old, my friend and I were at Baskin Robbins for ice cream and we were sitting, I had my back to the, to the door. And as I was sitting there, my friend was across from me. This man came in and he, it was in the middle of the summer and he had his, he like, he had this jacket on and like a hat and a scarf and everything. And I, and we were like, we kind of made fun of him a little bit. Well, he pulled out a gun and he robbed the lady behind the counter. Ever since then, I sit to where I can see who's coming in mm-hmm. the door. Mm-hmm. And, and I also, in my mind, have that exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And I always think of which, which way I would go. Well, my friends and family think that I'm crazy. Why would you always think that way? Because I'm thinking of like, I'm thinking, don't you worry. I got us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got us. But we had gone somewhere once and we were sitting around. It's kind of like a counter area, like a counter where you're eating at this counter. It's a little like old fashioned place. And somebody had, this guy had come up and sat next to my youngest daughter and like I was looking at him and now where I had positioned myself, I could see the largest area because we were at a mall and I could see the largest amount of people. And my daughter had said, what are you like? Why do you look like that? And I'm like, I'm calculating how long it would take me to jump across this bar and choke this guy out. <laughs> like if I need to, but you know, so they always may, they always give me a bad time, but they know, they know mm, right. they always leave that seat available for me. That's facing the door. But we went into this one restaurant once about a year or two ago. And I sat with my back to the door, but there was a group of police officers who were sitting and I was facing the police officers And the girls said, what's wrong? Like, you're not sitting (laughs) facing the door. And I'm like, but I'm facing them. And if they move, (laughs) like, if if something happens, I like they're going first. So, Mm -hmm. so it's always, I'm always that thinking forward. And I just, I don't, yeah, I'm all, I'm ready all the time. It's not that I'm morbid. It's not that I'm scared. It's just that I'm on the offense, just like mm-hmm. what you said. I'm I'm going to make sure that no, I don't want anybody to be ahead of the game on me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, and that's really why I reached out to you guys. What were you going to say, Kelsey? To your point, you don't have to be full on battle mode all the time. Like you right. don't have to be at a hundred. You can be aware. And, you yep. know, one of the things we, we give the example of is like, if you're driving through a school zone and you see a ball roll into the, into the road, 
you know, there's probably a kid coming after it. So you are looking for that kid. That's kind of the state of awareness yes. you can hold while you're out. So you're not exhausted. Yes. And then you can exactly. upgrade or downgrade as needed. Yeah. And it's not a fear. Mm-mm. It's not a fear. It's just like, I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to like what you said, Curtis, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't want to be surprised. I'm going to be ready for anything. And again, I don't have a, I don't, I don't have my permit to carry yet, but that's all the more reason for me to be Mm -hmm. more aware. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Nope. Like I said, I got whoever (laughs) I'm with, I'm on the lookout. I'm on the lookout. Well, I appreciate you guys sharing your wisdom today because, and also if anybody listening is in the Western Washington area, these guys have, they, they do their courses out of Ravensdale, which is just, is that East? Yes. Is that East of Maple Valley? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of those left, right, forward, backward people. <laughs> so, but just East of Maple Valley and their courses are amazing. I'm so grateful that I found you guys. Because just like what you had described that Becky had experienced, that's what I wanted to avoid. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go somewhere and be treated like a dumb girl. <laughs> I wanted I somebody to just show me how to use a weapon, mm-hmm. how I can be. I don't want, don't like keep the ego and all of those things mm-hmm. out of it. Just show me what I need to know so that I can be comfortable in using this because it's really important to me. Now, one thing that I will say, too, is when you do get out there and then you get it like it's it's really fun. <laughs> and then, you know, Curtis might whip out a few others that you can try and you're like, oh, I'm going to go shopping. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> the budget gets really big after you come to our classes. It's oh, fun. my gosh. <laughs> In fact, so. Yeah, after I left the home defense class, I the the two that I really wanted, I can't find those anywhere. But I'm on the wait list and you know, Black Friday, I bought a P365 this morning. Awesome. And that's great. <laughs> so I'll be able to play with some more toys when I <laughs> when I come down and see you guys again. Woohoo. <laughs> so Anyway, but is there anything that you guys wanted to add that you feel is really important that somebody listening should know about it? I Yeah, I a something. couple of things. Uh, go ahead, Kelsey. You first. I think, I mean, we've kind of touched on this, but we in our classes take people from the very bottom, like ground zero. We assume that people walk into our classes knowing nothing. And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Like, right. that's fantastic. And we... Bring thing, we step things up from there in very manageable chunks. And so we start out with handling a totally inert 3D printed dummy gun so that people can learn, you know, grip and stance and, and say other safety rules without fear of something going wrong. And then we go up to a dry fire exercise where there's no ammunition in the classroom. And then we go out to the range and we start with 22 pistols where There's all but no noise, no recoil, and you can focus on the fundamentals. And so the whole day is geared towards, we know you probably don't know a ton. If you know some, great, fantastic. Join us for the ride as well until you find a point where you don't know what we're talking about and then come along. And so we assume you know nothing and we assume that 
there's probably some fear and trepidation around guns because guns can be scary and they do deserve a healthy respect. But we're geared towards here's what you need to know. Here are the safety rules. And we go at your pace. If you're having a moment where you need to step back, by all means, step back, take a breath and come back and then we'll start again. Like we don't mind people facing their fears. And in fact, we encourage people to face their fears and celebrate when they are successful. Awesome. What yeah, about you, absolutely. Curtis? You know, I think that there's, as I was preparing for um, just gathering some thoughts here, I, I started looking at, okay, why do people come to our classes? What is there, are, are there themes here? And, and I think hands down, the, one of the biggest reasons why people come to the classes is, um, is for self-reliance and self-protection. And interestingly enough, you know, they, they want to learn, they want to defend themselves and, and defend their, their loved ones. And, and this is the number reason, one reason why women get into shooting sports is that, uh, according to the National Shooting Sports Foundation, that's hands down the number one reason why, why women are in, are getting into the shooting sports. And women are absolutely taking over the shooting sports. And it's a, it's a fabulous thing to see. Women is, are the fastest growing uh, segment of the shooting sports market right now. And they get started with self-protection. And some, of, and, and some of them, like you said earlier, are interested in overcoming their fear. You know, we've had, um, we've had people say that, hey, I've always wanted to try this, but I've been afraid to do so. My husband has firearms. I've never liked them, but I would never have come here except for someone was, uh, someone was robbed or even killed a mile from my home. And, and so people are facing their fears, like Kelsey said. People are, are seeing some violence around them that, uh, that they are realizing that they are powerless to stop on their own. And they're seeing that in some cases, the emergency services are, are powerless to stop. And so they're saying, I need to, I need to protect myself against uh, violence. And then we're also seeing some, seeing a number of segment, a, a sadly large segment of, of women who are coming because they've been victims of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've decided, I will never be a victim again. And so right. they start taking control of, of their own destiny and their own um, future. And, and interestingly enough, I've, on Instagram, I started adding the hashtag of uh, be your own damn hero. And we're yeah. starting to put out uh, t-shirts and, and sweatshirts on that with, with that on the, on the front of it. And it's just so empowering to, to think of be your own damn hero. This, yeah. I, can ta- I can get the skills and I can get the training. I can get the knowledge about the laws. I can be competent and that gives me confidence and I can stay on the right side of the law. And, you know, in the last three years, we've uh, taught more than 500 women. And it is just so absolutely rewarding to see all of these ladies starting to, they've purchased a lot of firearms, (laughs) you know, one, two, three, four, five. I don't know what you're talking about, Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) They've purchased a lot of firearms. And I said yesterday, I got to get a bigger safe. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Northwest safe. They have some of the best Black Friday deals. Oh, good. (laughs) Good. It's a big one too. Good. Good. (laughs) It's just, it's just so fascinating to see, to see people to see these women becoming educated and becoming empowered and saying, look, I get to do what I want to, and I'm going to buy this firearm and I'm going to buy another one. You know, Kelsey came up with this comment of uh, firearms are like shoes. You need one for every outfit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have, go ahead, go ahead. We, we absolutely agree with that. You, you, you can use one for home defense. You can use one for, for concealed carry. You can use one, use a different one for, uh, for competitions. You need and at least three to play with. You need at least three. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, speaking of outfits, I almost forgot 
So I was so impressed and almost excited. I was like, that is so badass. So when we were at, I think it was the basic pistol course yes. and Kelsey, you're wearing skinny jeans uh-huh. and a fitted t-shirt and you pulled out about 12 handguns yep. from your, <laughs> from, from, from your, I don't even know, like <laughs> from your everywhere. <laughs> I've got quantum pockets. Like, I stick them I all just in. was laughing because it was like one of those clown cars. And it was yes. like, where you, because you could not see as tight as your clothes fit, mm-hmm. you could not see all of these weapons yes. that you pulled out. It was, it was so awesome. There's, that I mean, is, there were so many yeah. options. That is my, one of my favorite parts of the entire presentation is to talk to the ladies and say, okay, I just pulled out however many guns I pulled out, how many did you actually see? And like you said, if you can play with your outfit and if you can get a good holster and you can kind of turn it into a game to see how many can I stuff under this shirt and nobody would know. <laughs> so It was so awesome. I really, I did. I loved that part. You know, one point that I wanted to make is that, you know, because I know that because there's a couple of times that we've mentioned in here that there's a lot of people, especially women, I don't like guns and guns are bad. And, and, but guess what? I mean, it's typically law abiding citizens are not the ones who are out causing all of this havoc and this fear. Mm-hmm. It, I would bet that the people who are doing this kind of damage, they don't have a concealed carry permit, they don't have the right. I mean, they didn't purchase that gun lawfully like so many millions of people in this country do. Yes. Yeah. So for Absolutely the- true. There was, there was a study that was done by the Department of Justice in the prisons, and they researched the prisoners, the inmates, in a number of different prisons and asking them where they got their firearms. And they inevitably got them on the black market. They stole them. They did not go down to the dealer, fill out the paperwork, go through the FBI background checks, and take possession of the firearm in a legal manner. They stole them. They got them off the black market. They There's firearms that have been floating around. They're super bottom of the barrel. They're super inexpensive, but they didn't get them in the traditional ways. And so, you know, there's billions of dollars just in the state of Washington that are being spent on uh, making guns harder to get. But the problem with that is that it really, the only outcome is that it is making it harder for law-abiding citizens to get the firearms. Mm-hmm. because the criminals don't get them in that fashion. They just, they simply don't. And you're one of the leaders in that fight. Is there a yes. website that anyone can go to to learn I, more Actually, about yes, thank you. There's two places that you can go. One of the things, I've been working with gun owners over the last couple of years here in order to try to get them involved and active in uh, protecting their right to defend their lives. There was one place that you can go that is the Washington, it's on Facebook, the Washington 2021 Legislative Action Group. And that's the, uh, that's the first place to go. And that's a, it's a group of gun owners. We are solely and strictly focused on preventing anti-gun legislation in the state of Washington. There's been a, a large number of people who, uh, there's been a, like over the last two years, there was 104 anti-gun bills that were introduced in the legislature. And every single one of them impairs a woman's right to defend her life and her and, 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 and her children's lives and her family's lives. None of them are actually solving real crime. And so uh, this is one of the things that we spend a lot of time talking about is 
how do you get your politicians to ensure that whatever they're proposing actually solves real crimes rather than just making it harder for a woman who's a domestic violence victim trying to get, uh, trying to get a firearm. And so um, that's the Facebook group we're available on, the Washington 2021 Legislative Action Group. We're on MeWe. We're just barely opening up a, a channel there. The other website is uh, wacivilrights.org, wacivilrights.org is the website for the, um, for the nonprofit organization that's been created where people can start jumping in and starting to help. And uh, we would love, love, love to have your help if you're in Washington, love to have your help in, uh, in, in helping to push back against the politicians who, who, uh, who don't understand the value and don't appreciate the value of, of what we have here with our, uh, with our right to self-defense. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen to that. That'll get me on another whole nother round. <laughs> We just do not have time for it today. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you guys taking the time out today and sharing all of this with us. I know that there are a lot of women who are going to be appreciative listening to this. I will list those links on the podcast page as well. And we'll make sure that people get connected in whatever way they wish to connect with you guys. If anybody's out there, if you're in this area and you want to know more about the courses that Curtis and Kelsey teach, let us know so that we can get you connected and you will not, you will not regret it. I promise you that. I feel like I really, I feel, I don't feel John Wick level by any means. (laughs) Me either. Yeah, but but I do feel uh, so much more confident in in feeling that I can defend myself should the need come. So uh, and and I owe that to you guys. I really do. You have no idea how grateful I am, and you have no clue how many times that your guys's names have come from my lips because I'm telling somebody. <laughs> how I was taught to use my weapons. So that's awesome. uh, thank you again, you guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time and everything that you're doing, not just for women and weapon safety and weapon knowledge, but what you're doing to fight for the rights for, for gun owners in Washington state. So thank, thank you, you very much, you guys. Thank you. It was a delight talking with you. Thank you for joining me today on the Unleashed podcast. My hope is that you leave this podcast feeling inspired fired up, and ready to take the next step to living your dream life. And if you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review over on iTunes. I love reading the reviews, and each week I'll choose one special person to win some Unleashed Sway. Make sure you add your name to the review, and I'll reach out to you if you're the winner. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. Be sure to visit me at ChristinaUnleashed.com for past episodes and more gifts to help you unleash the most successful version of you.